0: back to this week's episode of the c-town podcast where seattle business owners entrepreneurs and community leaders are invited on to share their stories with us well thank you for joining me today matt today uh my guest is the owner of uh, qed coffee they have a location in uh, mount baker neighborhood and a new one uh, just here in west seattle so uh so i'm friends with uh, jason venhusen who uh, i guess silent partner
1: uh, yeah, he cooperates, but yeah, he's, um, he's more of the business type guy and I'm sure. the, the coffee guy.
0: Yep. So I'm familiar, uh, so I'm friends with him, so I'm, I'm kind of familiar with the story a little bit. You guys met at uh, Cafe Fiore when you were working there, went into wholesaling, uh, roasting your own coffee and then opening retail space, Mount Baker, and now a brand new space
1: uh, here in West Seattle. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Um, cool. But would you mind kind of filling in maybe oh, some of the so gaps in, uh, in that in store uh,
1: 2012, I had purchased and installed my own roaster. Um, and started as wholesale only. Um, I was working a few different service industry jobs mm-hmm. and uh, doing wholesale on the side and then met Jason. Um, and so he came in uh, in 2013. Mm-hmm. We came together and became friends and decided that it was a good idea um, to try to put a cafe together to kind of get the brand out there and get get more, more visibility. Um, and then, yeah, and then in uh, 2014, I quit all my day jobs. Um, we had about 15 wholesale accounts at that point. Okay. Um, and then in 2015, we opened our first cafe on uh, Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's about a year and a half old now, going super well. And then, yeah, um, we both live in West Seattle and knew that there was a void to be filled down at the Morgan Junction. Mm-hmm. Um, And Yeah, put this this little shop together down there. Okay, and uh, you're still wholesaling
0: uh, roasting your own coffee and all that?
1: Yeah, we've still got about 15. Some have rotated out. We've dropped some smaller ones and picked up some bigger ones and um, But yeah, we definitely still wholesale Um, Several West Seattle businesses specifically Mm -hmm. are uh, some of our better customers. Okay,
0: you told us a little bit of a a backstory about How did you kind of get into this business? I mean obviously you're, you're working Yes. Coffee,
1: then you decided to start roasting yep. your own. So I actually started as a roaster okay. in college. I worked for a coffee roaster uh, in the shipping mm-hmm. department and then worked my way into being an apprentice roaster. I learned how to roast there. Then moved to Seattle, became a barista. Mm-hmm. While I was a barista, I decided I wanted to do the roasting. And that's when I scraped up some money and bought some, uh, some nice used equipment. Mm-hmm. I bought the roaster and then I couldn't find a place to install it for less than like $1,000 a month. I didn't have a $1,000 a month extra, you know. Mm-hmm. Ended up installing it at my friend's house uh, across in Port Orchard. Um, he had a shop and he allowed me to go in and install it and nice. get it all set up. And so that allowed me to roast basically for free mm-hmm. um, until I got my product to where I wanted it. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, like, you know, Jason invested mm-hmm. in the company. Um, and with that, we were able to open the cafe um, and the Mount Baker Cafe was busy from day one. Yeah. Um, it's kind of just been moving along. Yeah.
0: What the uh, at the risk of putting words in Jason's mouth, why do you feel like you know what caused him to, to get on board with what you're doing and, and
1: invest? Um, he was my neighbor, and uh, he gave us bicycles one time. we would got our bicycles stolen, hmm. and he had some in storage that he didn't use, yeah. and so he offered them up and so we drove over there and picked up the bicycles from his storage unit and i had a bag of coffee in the seat and i gave it to him you know he just gave me some bicycles yeah. here you go man um and he texted me an hour later and like this is good <laughs> no this is like really good yeah um and so he's, you know he was buying a bag a week for several months um and then after that we get together you know he was like hey man like you're doing this as the side project do you want to actually do it um, and you know he believed in the product um, and then also one of the things that comes up we talk We talk a lot we're, we're very close now yeah. um, and one of the things that comes up you know especially recently with another cafe and he's like he's like I, I can just tell you're the guy that will just get it done whatever needs to happen You'll make it happen. Yeah.
0: Uh, what do you What do you love best about about roasting? About you know owning a, a coffee shop?
1: Very multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Um, coffee is really fun. Uh, the specialty coffee industry is really only like twenty five years old. Sure. So there's a lot of things to be figured out. A lot of things that aren't uh, absolutes. Yeah. Um, so there's this aspect of you get to play with things. You get to play with Different coffees from different places that were processed differently, Um, and then we get to play with them. We I get to roast them different ways and see what happens, Um, and then brewing is another. So there's there's like lots of different steps that can have enormous effects on these flavors and on this product, and that's that's really fun from like my nerdy brain standpoint. Sure, Um, and then at the end of the day, like it's coffee, so it's that juxtaposition of like I can get really nerdy about this thing mm-hmm. and I can put so much effort in, but at the end of the day I just get to hand someone a cup of coffee and it's delicious and they go, sure. thanks man. Cool. Later. Like yeah. so it's both sides of it. Um, you know, the beer industry has a very similar thing where even just a hobbyist beer uh lover can get really into like sure what hops are in this, what kind of malt, what temperature did you do your wart at like you know you can do all these things end of the day it's still beer it's Mm -hmm. still a thing that everyone just can have and it can it's just a fun thing sure so yeah and then you know i've worked in the service industry in many different capacities now um really since college and it's also fun to take care of people Mm -hmm. we try to keep our cafes in neighborhood Mm -hmm. locations specifically because it's really fun to be a part of a neighborhood you know i've watched i've watched people get married and then get pregnant, and then have a kid, and then I see that kid come in the store and be like, oh, what's up, Matt? You know, sure. and that's like, really- The like cool. kid gets their first coffee. Yeah, it's really crazy <laughs> yeah. to see this, and you become a part of people's lives. Yeah. Um, you know, I worked at Fiore in the Admiral District for the longest amount of time. Um, I was there three years, and I there had people that would bring me vegetables from their garden. Mm. I had people who, you know, they knew I had sounders to season tickets, and they'd see me working on a game day, and they'd ask to make sure, like, oh, do you need a ride to the stadium? We're going down there, too. Like, what time are you off work? Sure. You know, are you going to take the bus? or yeah. And, you know, they'd pick me up at work and take me down there, and um, and vice versa. You know, you see people come in, and they just had a loved one die or something. And, like, you're the person that they come to, and they can, like – it's it's just a really deep connection. Sure. Um, And so, yeah, from, from like, the nerd standpoint to the easygoing, like – Enjoyable beverage to the like the connections you make with people. Right, um, it's it's an awesome industry to be in. Yeah, so
0: yeah, that, that community aspect's huge. I mean, especially in I mean, yeah, Seattle's a big city, but I mean, all the neighborhoods have very you know yep. small town feels, and, and yep. exactly. there's a lot of that. You know, people want to be regulars. They want to know the people they're serving them. You know, servers want to be known. There's a community there.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's cool.
0: Uh, so you 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 kind of mentioned the. Uh, you know, you can kind of geek out, you know, on, on the nerdy side, essentially the chemistry behind, you know, mm-hmm. roasting and, and all that. Uh, t- tell us a little more about, about the name you picked, you know, q okay. yeah.
1: um, So uh, I have a bachelor's degree in pure mathematics. Um, and in mathematics, when you do a proof, uh, you state your intent in the beginning. You say, I want to prove that here's point A and point B, and there is a plane that intersects both of those points. Mm-hmm. Um, And then you have to show all of your work and you have to actually prove it. Mm -hmm. And then at the bottom, almost as a sign of formality, um, you write QED, or you can draw a little square. That's the shorthand. But QED is short for Quod Erat Demonstratum, Uh, means that which was to be proven in Latin. Um, So it's basically a sign of completion. It's saying we had this intent, I wanted to do this thing, I've done it now and it is completed. Um, so yeah, and that's kind of how I feel, you know? I don't think of it as a, this is the, like, I, I have to clarify this because sometimes it sounds a little arrogant, but I have to clarify, I'm not saying that like, this is the best thing there is period. I'm saying this is what we decided to show people. Sure. This is what we wanted to do with these coffees. And here it is for you, you yeah. know?
0: Well, to me, it seems pretty close to perfection. I mean, you guys cold brew is pretty amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Um, you kind of mentioned, you know, a little bit of history of, I guess the, uh, I guess you call it, craft, you know, coffee, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so I mean, essentially, there was you know Folgers, uh, and mm-hmm. then Starbucks kind of came on the scene, and and would you say they kind of popularized the?
1: Um, that that in, in a large way, yes. Um... There's a pockets across the country. Um, we've got a lot of them. We've got examples in Seattle of places that have been making espresso, um, you know, for 25 years, 30 years, sure. um, and upping the game. Um, they talk about like waves of coffee. So like, first wave of coffee was like black coffee at home, mm-hmm. you know. Second wave is more uh, lattes, macchiato, you know, like um, when i think dilettante was the first company to own an espresso machine in seattle yeah. oh. and it's a person that had been to italy and loved it and brought like you know had to go through great lengths to get a machine here sure. and bring this to seattle um so and then the third wave is where we start taking some of the things uh you know we started modifying our equipment to get better results and uh we decided that you know certain things can be tasty without maybe a bunch of syrups um so we're in this era where the equipment is like super top-notch our baristas are extremely knowledgeable you know we have like coffee at this point is a is a career option Mm -hmm. if you choose that to be your career sure um there are lots of places that have high turnover and they make you know good coffee or not good coffee or whatever but like it's more of a job, um, but then like what we aim to do, in what places like Stumptown and uh, you know Victrola aim to do is, is they end up with people working there for like five, six, seven, eight years, and in doing so, the amount of knowledge they accumulate over that time is incredible.
0: What, what in your estimation, kind of makes the difference between the places that may draw more the you know just kind of. It's just a job versus they're more invested and, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe they're invested in the culture and the mission of what's going on there.
1: Um, I think it comes down to kind of two things. Uh, you know, management, ownership uh, needs to take care of people. Um, you know, working in the service industry, oftentimes you can end up with bosses that don't necessarily, like, understand how this job affects people's lives, um, you know, sometimes your hours can be unreliable, you know, oh, this week I only got four shifts, but I really need five shifts because I got, you know, student loans to pay or right. whatnot. Um, uh, and just paying attention, making sure people don't get burnout, making sure they get vacations when they need them, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get paid vacation as a barista. Um, but being flexible and able to work with your staff and get them what they need, all like you know from all aspects is super important yeah. and then the other thing is is the engagement of knowledge and because this is a super interesting topic and a super interesting industry to be in if you if you're continually giving them things and asking questions of them and 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 giving them tools to learn things that is another thing that helps retain mm-hmm. you know if my job is to come in i don't have to taste the coffee i just literally stand there and i tamp the coffee, and I make the espresso, and I steam the milk, and I pour it in a cup, and I don't, you know, and I just hand it to the person, and I don't engage with my product that I'm making, that's pretty boring. I could be standing in a mill somewhere stamping license plates, or I could be, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. But when you come in in the morning, and you make a pot of drip coffee, and you taste it, and you say, nope, that's not quite right. Let me use my knowledge and my tools to figure this out. Let me make another pot. You know, now you've given someone a problem to solve. And that's much more rewarding than just, oh, hey, put this thing in the cup and hand it to the person and take their money. Like, um, so the two of those, like t- taking care of their well-being, you know, um, and 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 giving them uh, engagement, you know, challenging them. And uh, so,
0: yeah. Okay, where would you say kind of your, I guess your vision for how you run things in the store, and you know, I mean what you, what you just described, where, where do you think that, that kind of comes
1: from? Um, I've worked in some really terrible places. I've worked in some really good places. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> when I worked uh, at the last barista job I had, I got I hired there, we had a big staff meeting, and uh, going around the circle, and the people are introducing themselves, And a lot of people that had worked there like five, six, seven, eight years. And to me, that was astonishing. Um, Anywhere else I had worked, maybe two years was kind of tops. Yeah. Um, Whether it be just burnt out or or whatever. But this place would let you, um, you know, there were people, there were musicians that worked there. And they'd go on tour for a month. And they would figure it out they would make sure you got your month off of work mm-hmm. and then you'd still have your job when you got back, you know, you'd have to re kind of work your way back into the schedule. You know, it wasn't sure. just like, bam, like back on, you know, five days a week or whatever. But, um, uh, but yeah, um, I also worked at a place that, um, didn't care about its employees. Um, you know, it seemed like once a month, like paychecks were late. Um, just kind of some of those things where you're like, you know, you don't, you don't really care about me, um, and so I, I care about this job because the, 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 the not so great place I worked, had awesome coffee, mm-hmm. and it was really fun to do that, but then the back end, you felt completely unsupported, sure. from your owners, you felt completely, um, almost disregarded, mm-hmm. which is silly, right? Because, the coffee mm-hmm. is the coffee, like the coffee is itself. But, like, really, your employees are your business. Sure. Right? Like, you need your employees to be, A, awesome and be happy. And those two kind of go together. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they're not taking care of the customers and they're not taking care of the store, you know. Um, I come in all the time and I find my employees, like, they've pulled the fridge out and they're, like, scrubbing behind it, you know, because they care about the place. Um, so, So it kind of sounds like from your good and bad experiences,
0: you kind of took your 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 passion for uh, detail or whatever you know for both people and for coffee try to combine those into a place that takes care of people and the clients and also cares about the coffee and tries to do a very good job on all all fronts
1: yeah thank you that's yeah that's exactly what we're trying to do um often you know specialty coffee shops that are that are you know in the top percent of coffee in the country Mm -hmm. um are not fun places to go get coffee Mm -hmm. they're not enjoyable um and you know there's some pretension uh often um you know they're like oh like i don't know how to order here you know like oh i'm going to say something wrong Mm -hmm. and then they're going to make fun of me kind Mm -hmm. of thing and use the wrong term they roll their eyes at you yep exactly or if they order something that that's not something that we serve or that's (laughs) you know um you know trying to make people feel guilty about it or you know uh that is something that we 100% will never tolerate mm-hmm. um you know the the main the main one is always the uh, can I get a caramel macchiato sure so starbucks back in the day decided to take the word macchiato which means marked uh which is a beverage from italy that is uh espresso with just a little bit of steamed milk mm-hmm. sometimes it's foamy sometimes it's not as foamy but it's a like a two and a half ounce beverage three ounce beverage Um, they decided to take the word macchiato and put it on their menu as a latte um, that usually has flavors in it and not everyone knows that right because maybe they didn't drink coffee until they started going to starbucks maybe they'd have ever been in a specialty cafe Mm -hmm. that serves traditional macchiatos so that's the main that's something that comes up a lot is like can i get a caramel macchiato Mm -hmm. and i've seen so many people in You know, in my industry, like, try to shame people for that and be like, um, that's not a thing, you know, uh, and that, that sucks. Sure. You know, dude, man wants a caramel latte. Sure. Like, you know what he wants. Right. Um, and you know, maybe if it's a regular, you can take your time and you can like very politely explain to him like, oh yeah, you know, we make traditional macchiatos. It's like two shots of espresso and a little bit of milk and, Mm -hmm. but like, I can make you what you want. Yep. You know, because bottom line is, you know what they want. Right. Um, you don't have to be a jerk about correcting them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one yeah. of the things. Like, that's, that's the thing. It's like, we're going to make traditional macchiatos. Mm-hmm. We're going to make traditional cappuccinos. Um, if you come in and order a 12-ounce cappuccino from me, I know what you want. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, actually, a cappuccino is only six ounces. Because, dude, if you want a foamy latte, awesome. Sure. I'm sure it's tasty. Yeah. You know. It's the one and made... Made to be feel feel stupid, they can go somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's we want to we want to do what we believe is right mm-hmm. with the coffee, but at the same time, we're not here to like govern. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's the, not at the expense the neighborhood, of the, the clients. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, what would you say you find the biggest challenges to be right now in in running the business?
1: Time. I could use another day in the week. Pretty much working six plus days a week. But I mean, honestly, beyond that, like, it's pretty fun. Currently, that's the answer. Oftentimes, um, it's staffing. Mm -hmm. Staffing is really difficult. You have to trust people, you You have have to have reliable people, people to make good coffee.
0: So it's just kind of an ongoing struggle. Yeah. So right now, I
1: have awesome staff. Um, I trust everybody. Um, Like I said, a lot of them have worked there, you know of them are over a year everyone else has been there like more than six months mm-hmm. um, they're all adults there's no drama sure you know but sometimes that happens you yeah. know and that's that's fine um, but yeah everyone everyone on my staff right now like works hard for each other mm-hmm. if someone's not feeling well you know this other person will come in and work on their day off if need be you know to, so this is that's, I'm hugely thankful for that sure Seems because like that the, can often be the thing right that can ruin you. Right. Seems Uh, like that'd be a kind of
0: rarity in the food services industry. Yeah.
1: When, when we first opened the Mount Baker shop, I didn't want to hire any full-time people because I wasn't entirely sure how it was going to go. Mm -hmm. I didn't want anyone to, uh, depend on their livelihood from this cafe. And so I just hired a bunch of part-time people. Um, and then I said, you know what, worst comes to worst. I can cover shifts. I can work doubles. You Mm -hmm. know, I, whatever happens, it'll be temporary and I can just take care of it. Yeah um but yeah with part-time people a lot of those people weren't really invested in the shop and they're just showing up for two days a week and um you know didn't really put the effort in and so yeah now we have all full-time people um which is also awesome by the way is to be creating someone's entire uh income for the year that feels fantastic sure um but yeah but in in doing so now that this is their main gig Mm -hmm. like they are invested and they want to give, you know, whatever it takes for everyone to be successful.
0: Yeah. What would you say that your, your business is known for? What sets you apart from other, uh, other roasters, or other cafes, in the Seattle area?
1: Um, that's a little hard to speak to because I have my own perceptions for what we're known for. Mm-hmm. Um, what, coffee-wise, what we try to do Um, there's kind of the traditional Seattle espresso of like Victrola Vivace Vita even um, that's like rich and sweet and like uh, fairly ristretto Um, and then there's this kind of new school of like single origin espressos that are super light roasted they're very very bright they have a lot of acidic characteristics Mm -hmm. Um, some people call them sour I'm one of those people. Uh, and what we're trying to do is bridge that gap. Um, I like to roast my coffee dark enough to caramelize sugars and bring out some of that rich maltiness mm-hmm. that's found in like a vivace shop. Yep. But I also like to sneak some African coffee in my espresso blend uh, to give some of that brighter, interesting flavor. Um, you know, I want, uh, I want the coffee to be dependable day to day. I want you to be able to come in every day and get an Americano and have it taste roughly the same. Mm -hmm. But I also want someone to come in every day and get an espresso and have it be different. You know, our blend changes up about once a month, the components of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes the African coffee that's in it will give notes of, you know, blueberries or, you know, hibiscus or something. Um, And sometimes it's completely different. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but the characteristic, the, the base characteristics should stay the same. You know, the body should be there and the sweetness should be there and the the size also. Sometimes, you know, with single origin coffees, it's really hard to get a complete beverage out of it. Um, The reason we blend coffees is so you can take like the body from this Brazilian coffee and the flavors from this Colombian coffee and maybe the acidity from this Kenyan coffee and you can put them all together at a certain ratio to create a well-balanced beverage. Mm-hmm. But a single origin bean can have amazing flavor or amazing body, but very rarely is it going to have the body and the acidity and the flavor and the mouthfeel that you mm-hmm. want. Um, so so that's what we're trying to do. Um, and you guys do this the
0: single origin beans that
1: we don't. We don't. What we do it? we do a blend, blend okay. um, I've done single origin espressos uh, when they pop up but you know uh, I think we've done three single, or, single origin espressos that have been awesome mm-hmm. like super great well balanced um, you know uh, when I was trained as a barista the first time um, you know a dopio espresso is like this little thing comes in a cup you know uh, and the guy that was training me was like this is a beverage you know it's that's two ounces, or you know, maybe a little less, or whatever. But like, it's two ounces of liquid. But someone just paid you three dollars for it, so it needs to be a beverage, not like a, like a vessel or a you know, it's not a functional like oh, let me shoot this espresso because I need caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be like an experience. Sure. So yeah, interesting. I like
0: to say I know about coffee, but I mean my wife, I let my wife you know pick it and you know she makes it and it's amazing and <laughs>
1: yeah totally but, and then there's a huge spectrum sure. you know like um and everyone has their point where they stop caring sure you know um I
0: mean, I know good coffee when I taste it I know coffee mm-hmm. I don't like when I taste it
1: but. yep exactly yeah with wine you know there's definitely wines that I do not care for mm-hmm. um but then the spectrum of wines that I am totally cool with is enormous yeah. Um, you know that ten dollars and up, I'm sure. like, heck yeah! Um, and same with coffee. There's people that, after you know, uh, gas station coffee, you know, gas station coffee is maybe not okay, but like everything else is okay. Right. Um, just for the record, I do drink gas station coffee when I'm on road trips. Hey, it's it's kind of a, it's a guilty partly pleasure. Yeah. It's like, yep, this is not good, yeah. uh, but I'm drinking it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's pretty funny.
0: Um, kind of getting into I guess a little more of the you know, personal habits and strengths and, and whatnot what would you say is your greatest strength
1: um, One of the things you'll you learn in being in getting in going to college in general um, and in specifically like science and mathematics is that what, one of the things I took away from uh, from pure mathematics is that I can figure anything out Um, given the tools at hand I I can solve a problem Um, and that's I mean that's what pure mathematics is is like you read all these things all these rules about these objects and about these things and then you learn how they're related and it'll say like oh like does this thing correspond to this thing and you have to just you have to just take the things that are in front of you the, the facts and and the relationships and you have to figure that out and in doing that and learning that, learning that like the answers are there um, and getting your brain to work that way, I know that no matter what it is, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that sounds kind of arrogant, but I think it's true. Yeah. Like I really do feel like if I decided uh, to go be a realtor, that that is something that's very possible for me. Sure. Granted, there's some things that I probably wouldn't be very good at, uh, sure, but- I Take that stuff into account. Yeah, (laughs) totally, you know, um, like I don't have the mind to be in the healthcare system, I don't think, Uh, you know, I have strengths and weaknesses as far as that goes, but as far as actually learning information and learning tasks,
0: yeah. um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's an invaluable skill, you know, or strength to have. I mean, I I try to tell my five-year-old son that, like, you know, I mean, it's kind of a balance between, like, okay, you know... Yeah, maybe you could be the first person to go to Mars. That's probably not where I put all my eggs, you know. But uh, essentially, you know, if you, if you want it, if you try for it, you, you can figure it out. There's always a way, you know. Yep. And uh, I think as a small business owner, that's especially true. Like if, if you don't or if you give up, like you're not going to make it. Yep. Know?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and you are consistently faced with problems that you have not faced before. Right. So it's that like, oh, this is a thing that just happened. What are we going to do about it? Right. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, we kind of touched on it, but uh, maybe in a more concise point, what would you say you're, com- you're passionate about?
1: Um, coffee. I mean, the bean, like getting the roast right and getting the brew right. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's awesome because there isn't a correct answer, but there's a best answer, right, at any given time. Mm-hmm so you know green coffee before it's roasted ages um so that's constantly changing the atmospheric pressure the uh like the humidity changes which is going to affect how the roast has to happen as well as it's going to affect how the brew has to happen um so it's really fun and that and that i mean that's really what i like to throw myself at is like it's constantly solving problems sure um okay today this coffee is not tasting right let's fix it um so yeah. Um, so I mean, you've
0: had the cafe you know, going about a year and a half now, two locations now. Um, what's kind of on the, the horizon for you guys? You know, where what's the, the focus?
1: Um, we're picking up a few more wholesale accounts recently, um, which is always good and fun because, like I said, that's like low overhead, you know, and we're poised to scale mm-hmm. really well, actually. Um, so that's definitely uh, an area that we can do, and we are doing, and we are excited to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are also in the works on another location um, that's a secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, but within the next six months, we should have a cafe roaster um, that'll be really fun. It'll be bigger than our other spots. Um, the Mount Baker Cafe and the West Seattle spot are both like really small, intimate, right. um, which is great, but it's also a little bit limiting. Um, this new spot. We'll have a lot more seats, um, and then having the roaster there as well. You know, that's something we kind of wanted to do from the beginning. Sure, um, but yeah, it's got to be the right building and the right place sure. for the right price. Right. So, um, yeah, we're waiting on permits currently for this space. Um, so yeah, for me, it's you know, it's it's fulfilling the wholesale obligations, um, taking care of those customers, mm-hmm. um, as well as keeping the cafes happy. And then we'll begin construction um, probably like first of the year. Okay. That's Down insane. there.
0: Yeah. You have to keep us posted. Have you Have you yeah. back and
1: Yeah, definitely. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. I'm really excited. So,
0: uh, do you have a favorite internet resource or application that uh, you couldn't live without, like uh, Evernote? I just
1: started using a new scheduling app called Deputy, mm-hmm. that's changed my life. Okay. Like I said, staffing is often like the nightmare of a small business owner. Okay. Um, and it's awesome. So scheduling like like a like job shift scheduling. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 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 Besides that, um, like the Google platform, Google, Google Drive. Sure. Yeah. I'll be somewhere and someone will need my reseller's permit and I can pull my phone out yeah. and open my Google, Google Drive and email it to them yeah. immediately. Um, it's invaluable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right there with you. Uh, do you listen to podcasts? A couple. Okay. Which, which ones? What's your favorite?
1: Uh, my Favorite Murder. Is two hilarious women who tell each other murder stories. Um, last podcast on the left is also a like weird sci fi murdery thing. My wife got me into those too. Okay. Um, and then my friend Alok has one called Race Invaders, uh, which is about, you know, gender normativity, uh, toxic macu- masculinity, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, racist things that happen um alok is uh indian descent and the other guy um tim is i think korean so they talk about their travels they talk about like this is the thing that happened in the office this week Mm -hmm. and like no one really noticed it but it's incredibly racist um or you know this is where toxic masculinity comes from and like this is what we're teaching our children and uh yeah, and that's it's nice because it's only about thirty minutes long. Sure, um, it's kind of the sweet. Spot. You know, because it's kind of like yeah, and it's like some heavy stuff, but there's also jokes and there's also like it just it's like a just give you a little bit of info yeah. and then like make you think about it. And I I learned so much stuff from from it. You know. Okay.
0: As we uh, wrap up here, what's one piece of partying guidance you give to our listeners?
1: Um, I mean, I think it's a pretty uh, well-known saying, but. Uh, I have to remind myself of it also is just if it was easy everyone would do it Um, you know there's a reason that people who work a lot of long hours can um, oftentimes end up with more rewards Um, you know there's a lot to be said for chilling out and doing your job and going home and you know mm-hmm. Plugging along Like there's a lot of merit to that And often uh, I'm jealous of that um, But at the same time You know I'm building something really cool yeah. And it's gonna be awesome And it already is awesome So that's rewarding yeah. um, But there are times When I've worked 10 days in a row mm-hmm. And then there's a gas leak And now it's 1am And I'm on the roof With a headlamp And sure. it's raining And right. uh, That I'm like What the heck Did I sign up for? But you know, But but yeah, it's it's worth it, yeah. you know? If if you have something mm-hmm. that you're passionate about and that you want to make happen, mm-hmm. it's gonna be hard, uh, but it will be worth it. Sure.
0: Yeah, it's got kind of, the, kind of that classic tension between it's nice to just have a nine to five, you know, like you don't have to think about work outside of it, mm-hmm. you know, it's consistent, steady, there's no real risk, you know, or you could kind of go all in and you know it's tons of risk it's a lot of hard work and yep. you'll probably fail a few times you know but you yep. the potential to build something bigger than yourself and you know definitely uh, is there so
1: yeah i made a lot more money when i was a bartender yeah um which has lots of drawbacks also sure but uh yeah <clears throat> but we're building something sure you know yeah and that's more
0: important right yeah uh so what would you like to tell our listeners about um if they want to know more about your business, how to you know get a hold of some of your great coffee, or visit oh. one of your one of your shops.
1: Oh yeah, so the Mount Baker location is the original. Mm-hmm. It's up on 31st Avenue, up on the Mount Baker Ridge. Um, we're open like six to six. Um, you know, traditional cafe fare, sandwiches, uh, drinks, um, beer and wine actually. Um, and then the West Seattle location is more of a morning spot. Um, we're doing you know pastries and coffees and tea and. Uh, we've got, we've got about seven seats. It's pretty, pretty cozy. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're, we're tucked in there. It's kind of nice. Sure. Um, it's, uh, we're sharing the space with Harry's fried chicken joint. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's at 6032 California Avenue. Um,
0: okay. So like you guys are there in the morning, they're there in the evenings. Okay.
1: Yeah. So he's only open four days a week from Mm -hmm. four to eight. Okay. And then we're there seven days a week. Um, Six to two on the weekdays, okay. and then seven to three on the weekends. Gotcha. Uh, okay,
0: so hence the the full kitchen, yeah, the space. Okay,
1: That's exactly. Yep. Yeah, so so yeah, it's fun. It doesn't normally smell like fried chicken in there when we're in there. Yeah. Uh, although it's kind of nice, it doesn't smell gross. It smells like this nice like. Sure, they make some tasty fried chicken. They make really tasty yeah. fried chicken. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. Well, Matt, thanks for taking time out of your your busy entrepreneurial day. Yeah, uh, thank you much. Yeah, sharing your story with us is very, very interesting.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's nice to meet
0: you again. Yeah, All right, thanks. Cool. Cool. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Sea town Podcast. Make sure to check out our guests' website, support what they're doing, and show them some love. If you liked what you heard on this podcast, let us know by writing us a very nice five-star review on iTunes and subscribing. If you want to hear more episodes or find out more about the podcast, you can go to our website at ctownpodcast.com. That's S-E-A hyphen townpodcast.com. You can also find out more about me and other projects I'm working on by visiting seatown.com. Today's intro and outro music is courtesy of the Fascination Movement. You can find their albums in the iTunes store. The Seatown podcast creator and host is Christian Harris. This has been a Seatown Media Production.